Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. I uh, have a friend who is an Episcopal priest who lives in another diocese. And recently he was invited to be a guest preacher at a church And after the service, a couple in that parish invited him to their home uh, for dinner. And the dining room table was elegantly prepared. And as the priest commented on how nice it all looked, the wife picked up a fork and she said, You know, I just don't like these forks. The words were barely out of her mouth when her husband leapt to his feet, threw down the napkin, and said, you have never appreciated anything I've ever done for you. I have been waiting and waiting and waiting my entire life for you to thank me for just one little thing, for just anything. I can't take it any longer. And with that, he stormed out of the room. My friend said that he didn't remember a course in seminary that covered that kind of a situation. He also told me that the fork didn't look that bad. But it's a true story, and I tell it to you because it is an Advent story. It's an Advent story because it has to do with waiting. And in this case, waiting by one person for another person to show some appreciating. Today, as you know, is the first Sunday in the season of Advent, the first Sunday of the church, new church year. And Advent is all about the discipline of waiting. And if the word discipline makes you break out in a cold sweat and and a rash, well, then that's good because it should, does for me too. But let me hasten to say that how well we wait depends not so much on how good we are at waiting, but rather on the quality of the thing for which we're waiting. That really is my whole sermon in a nutshell. So let me say it again. How well you and I wait this Advent for the end of these four weeks depends not so much on how good we are at waiting, but rather on the quality of the thing for which we're waiting. So for instance, sometimes the thing for which you and I are waiting is bad, and that affects the quality of how well or not we wait. I mean, if I'm in a car repair shop, and every 15 minutes, somebody comes out to tell me that there's something more wrong with my car, I am not praying for that car mechanic to have an experience of God's mercy and grace. I'm waiting for my car to be fixed with some frustration. Or if I'm standing in line at the bank, and every person at every counter has been there for a half hour, and every person behind the counter has a badge that says trainee, I am not praying that that trainee has a spiritually uplifting day. I'm waiting with some irritation. But sometimes the thing for which we're waiting is good, and that affects the quality of our waiting as well. I have a friend uh, whose entire purpose in life is to ride roller coasters. And he waits for the next ride with, as today's gospel puts it, by staying alert and awake and up on his tiptoes with earnest expectation. And maybe you wait that way just at the end of the day so you can finally crawl into bed with a good book. 
maybe you waited this way uh, for your first child to be born. Well, the word Advent, as you probably know, means either uh, a coming or arrival. And the arrival that we're now starting to wait for for these next four weeks is not a roller coaster. It's not even a good book at the end of the day. You and I are waiting for the creator of the entire universe to identify with us minute specks by becoming one of us. We're waiting, as Martin Luther puts it, for Jesus Christ to sink himself into our flesh. And as we're waiting for Jesus to take this almost incomprehensible journey from the throne of heaven to a cave in the Middle East, what's the quality of our waiting here at Calvary St. George's supposed to be? Well, this is where today's gospel comes into play. Because towards the end of the passage, we're given a clear and very specific picture of how you and I are supposed to wait these next four weeks. In the passage, a man goes on a journey. He leaves his servants in charge. He doesn't tell them when he's coming back. Could be any time of day or night. And he says to the servants, watch. Keep awake. Get up on your tiptoes with earnest expectation. And that's the attitude that you and I are invited to adopt this Advent as we wait for the arrival of the Word made flesh. It's a great attitude. I encourage you to put it on. But I'm also aware that sometimes, for some of us, some of the time, this is not an easy request. Because for some of us, in some areas, some of the time, it feels as though we've already been waiting and waiting and waiting for a long time for some good news, which has not yet arrived. I mean, I wonder if that sounds familiar to you at all. Uh, two weeks ago, I was talking with a bishop from another diocese, and he said to me, I've been a bishop for over 10 years, and in that time, I have not had one experience of joy. And then this past week, a friend said to me, it feels as though I've spent my entire life waiting, waiting for some happiness that's always just around the corner and never quite here. And if that rings any sort of a bell for you at all in any area of your life or in mine, then I am authorized this morning to tell you that the message of Advent is that God's grace is relentlessly intrusive regardless of how good or bad you and I are at waiting. I said it earlier, let me say it again, this is the entire sermon in a nutshell. We're invited to stay awake and up on our tiptoes, not because we're any good at waiting, but because God is relentlessly intrusive with love on Park Avenue. And it's right here that I can now come to the best news of all because the fullest expression of this relentlessly intrusive love is not Christmas. Jesus sinking himself into our flesh is an incredible beginning. But the relentlessly intrusive love of Jesus comes to its fullest as he chooses a cross. When he bears on his own shoulders all of the results of our weak and failed waiting. That's the fullest good news for Steve Martin 
in the movie Father of the Bride, where his waiting, he fears, has not been good. His daughter's getting married, and he's afraid that he's missed her childhood, that it's gone by too quickly. That's the fullest good news for the innkeeper that we're going to meet on Christmas Eve, the innkeeper who misses the relentlessly intrusive love of God in his own backyard. And it's the fullest good news for you and me in our own failed and weak waiting. For Steve Martin, for the innkeeper, and for you and me, the invitation to keep awake in the next four weeks with earnest expectation can only be given because the gift is already here of 100%, no holds barred, unconditional forgiveness and mercy and love to you and me from Jesus on the cross. And that's why I just want to close with a little story, and it's the story of a moment when my own waiting failed terribly and when I was encountered by the relentlessly intrusive love of Jesus. This is a story about a colonoscopy that I had some time ago. I bet that's a sentence that you've never heard in a sermon before. (laughs) It had been 10 years since my previous colonoscopy. This was a regularly scheduled procedure. There was no indication that there were any problems. Nonetheless, as I was sitting in the waiting room of the day surgery section of the hospital, I was perfectly relaxed on the outside, and I was more than a little anxious on the inside. I tried to spiritually commune with Norman Vincent Peale and work on the power of my positive thinking. I was not strong enough. I could not erase that doubt, that fear, that dread, that maybe in a couple of hours I would hear some really bad news. The quality of my waiting was not very positive in that waiting room. And in fact, it was failing completely. The dread had taken over. I heard my name called. A double door swung open, and a nurse was standing in the opening with a clipboard. She looked at me. She said, James Monroe? I said, yes. I didn't know her. I'd never met her. But suddenly, she swung her arms wide open. A big smile broke over her face. And she said in a loud voice so that everyone could hear in the waiting room, Welcome! I'm so glad you're here. Jim, we're all... Oh, this is falling off. Jim, we're all ready for you. We've got a room and a robe and a warm towel. Jim, it is wonderful to see you. You look terrific. It's going to be great. Come on in. And then this, I don't know what, this this woman, this angel, this person I'd never met, she put her arms around me and gave me a hug. And that is how God was able to introduce me once again to his relentlessly intrusive love by sending Jesus in the disguise of a nurse, to throw open his relentlessly intrusive arms of love in the very midst of my fears, in the very midst of my complete failure to wait well. 
May you and I be open every day this Advent to receiving the gift of moments of the relentlessly intrusive love for you and for me from our crucified and risen Jesus. And may you and I, as parishioners of Calvary St. George's Church, be given the assignment this Advent of being the wide open arms of Jesus for some fearful child of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.